0: You are listening to the Process for Profit podcast. We are here to help you, the creative small business owner, put more efficient operations into your business to increase your profit and impact. We're going to give you the systems to create a solid foundation in your business to allow you to build your empire. Hey there, I'm Brittany Dixon, systems queen and process for profit strategist. You're going to hear about solutions and strategies that allow you to make a bigger impact doing what you love instead of wasting hours doing what you don't. Come on in and let us organize your overwhelm so you can get back to your zone of genius. Hey everyone and welcome back to the process for profit podcast. So I'm super excited today. We are actually going to be diving in and giving you some tips for creating a community that converts and helping us is Michelle Vroom of Vroom Communications. And Michelle's actually made half a billion dollars and counting from her Facebook group. So can't wait to dive in. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Brittany. I'm excited to chat about this topic. One of my my favorites. Yes, yes. So we've actually, I don't know if you know, but we've
0: been connected in some other Facebook groups and I've kind of stalked you a little bit. So there's that. (laughs) Um, I didn't know you
1: stalked me, but I know we've been connected. So (laughs) I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So everybody, you guys can read about her bio and everything in the show notes, but Michelle, why don't you dive in and just kind of give us a little bit of your background and story and a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in business about five years now, um, a little over five years. And I have a marketing background. I have a communications background. I've done work in in marketing and public relations in a lot of different capacities. And I knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. It's kind of like in my blood. It's in my family. My great-grandfather was an entrepreneur. He actually started a cider company during the great depression by selling cider door to door. So it's kind of, it's kind of been always in my blood. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I had my first child that like everything changed. If you're a mom, you know, right. Everything changed. And suddenly that timeline got accelerated. I used to think, well, I'll start my own business when I'm in my fifties and the kids are grown. And then as soon as I had him, I was like, Yep, nope, we're <laughs> we <laughs> wanted that right now. <laughs> yeah. And also many opportunities presented themselves um, while I was on maternity leave, just with family, friends, and people who needed help with marketing and social media. And it just got to a point where it was, you know, I had to ask myself that question, like, am I going to take this leap of faith or am I going to wait and then always wonder what if? And yeah. so obviously I took the leap of faith. And here I am. Yeah. And then add another two kids to that. And I got three. (laughs) I'm a boy, mom of three boys and a couple kids, a couple months
0: later. It's great.
1: great. You know? Yeah. Just throw it in the mix. So, Mm-hmm. Um yeah it's been a I mean an incredible experience you know there's a lot of words to describe it but Yeah
0: and that's I'll so interesting. Incredible. I talked to so many people and some people have entrepreneurship in their family some don't like I like got thrown into this and have been like thrown to the wolves to figure it out um uh, but I love mm-hmm. hearing that background from everyone. So awesome. Well I'm excited to dive in. So really the first thing is like why should we have a community? Who should create one? Maybe who shouldn't create one? What's kind of the, the purpose behind creating a community online?
1: Yeah. So I think even more than ever, um, especially with everything happening in the last, yeah. you know, 18 months or so, people crave community. People yeah. really do. And, um, you know, it's, it's been shown, there have been many studies that have been run around what a community does in the minds of your consumers, right? In the minds of clients and customers and people, um, communities build loyalty, right? Like people are more loyal. They, they, they have more trust for businesses and entrepreneurs who take the time to build those relationships. I think we live in a very automated world. And while there is like, there are a ton of benefits to that, of course, right. That we should be taking advantage of. But one of the things that I don't believe you can ever truly automate is relationships. And relationships still are the name of the game. In fact, I think they're becoming more and more important. Not to mention, when you have a community, you have clients at your fingertips right? Like you have the ability to be able to land clients whenever you want. And I believe that's true freedom and security in business. Um, I believe that the ability to, you know, have impact, like to have a greater impact that happens when you have that community of people. And so if you're a business owner, if you are somebody whose business revolves around building relationships in some form, which I think is most service providers, then you need a community. Plain and simple. Yep, yep, and those were a lot of the same reasons
0: I had created mine. Um, Now ours kind of came out of a program, so we've hustled a flow, our group coaching program, and we built the community around that. But then I was like, well, why don't we have a free community too? So um, it's kind of twofold, but definitely the same reasons. It was the relationship building and the no like and trust factor, and giving them the value and the training even before they were ready to kind of jump in and pay me. So. what are maybe some of those top challenges or mistakes? Because I do think that there's a lot that goes into creating communities. (laughs) Um, So what are those like roadblocks or top challenges or things that you see people do and mistakes they make when they're creating a
1: community? Yeah, so, and and just just for clarity's sake, you can build a community anywhere. I'm going to reference my Facebook group because that's my main community. That's the place where most of my clients come from. a community can truly be anywhere, but I will reference Facebook groups. And I do think there are a lot of benefits to Facebook groups if your client is on Facebook. So
0: yeah. And I have one one on on Mighty Network. So I'm not a huge Facebook fan. We don't do a ton on Facebook. So we moved over to Mighty Network for the app ability and things like that. So yes, it can be done. It's just like where I tell people, it doesn't really matter what tool you use. It's Mm -hmm. the system you put inside the tool. Same thing is true with this. So
1: yes, correct. Absolutely. So mistakes that I see there, there are a couple, I mean, I could give you an an (laughs) exhaustive list, but I'll give you the the top ones, of course, that I see definitely people who promote the community versus what happens inside of the community. So if you want to grow your community and if you want to grow with the right people, which I think we all do you got to stop talking about the fact that you have a free community and talk about what's happening inside of the community. Like what are the resources? What are the content? What's going on in there? Um, that's number one, how you drive a little bit of FOMO, if you will. But number two, people don't care about free. Like I think the word free has lost its appeal. I don't know when it did, but a long time (laughs) ago, because there are so many free groups. There are so many, you know, free things that you can download. Right. And so I think free is often overused and I see a lot of people kind of like, you know, hang their hat on the fact that their Facebook group is free. When in reality, people don't care about the fact that you have a group, they care about whether or not what you're doing and talking about in the group actually applies to them. So that would be the first thing. And I think it's a very like subtle, but important shift. And one that when my clients have shifted, have made that shift in how they talk about it and position their community, they've actually seen. a a significant influx of the right people come in, which is really cool to see. So that would be the first one. The second one, kind of in that same vein, I think these two are connected, would be making it about you. And how often do we do this in business, right? Right. Like this This is not even just a community thing. It's a business thing. But I see a lot of people like make their community all about them, right? So, you know, if, if, I show up and people aren't watching, like I'm not going to do a live again, right? Or if I do this and people don't respond this way, then I'm not going to do this anymore. Like we show up, I think, with a sense of entitlement and pride that we do have to let go of, which which can be challenging, right? And so remembering that the community is for your people. It's not for you. It's not about you. Like you are the facilitator. (laughs) Your community is the vehicle to help people At least start moving in the direction that they want to get in, right, and giving them some clarity there. And so, I think if we can start to kind of reshape that, um, it actually removes a lot of pressure and expectations from like how we build our community. Yeah, and so yeah, and then I would say like a a, the third, just to give you kind of the top three. um, The third mistake that I see a lot of people make is they're not like if you're a business owner, you should be monetizing your community. A lot of people aren't. A lot of people feel like, well, I can't talk about my offer at all because I'm just helping people. I'm here to serve. Well, that's part of service, right? Right? Is, is talking about your offer is, you know, talking about how you can support people. And so I do think that a lot of women struggle to really own their community. Um, they struggle to talk about what it is that they do because they're afraid of how people might react. And that's something that I'm really committed to, like helping women work through because I think it's important. I think that if these people have chosen to be in your community and they have, you do owe it to them to tell them how you can support them and how you can have an impact on their business and their life.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I I think you touched on it's a lot of women that have that mindset shift that they're like, oh, well, I don't want to be salesy. And I definitely struggle mm-hmm. with this sometimes too. Um, but you do have to think about like, if I don't provide this thing and I'm holding them back from succeeding, like you have to think about the flip side of that too. Like, oh gosh, I'm I'm keeping them from transformation just because I don't want to talk about it. So, um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people definitely struggle with that. And obviously there's a balance too. Like you don't want to be promoting all the time. <laughs> But yeah, that's, those are awesome, awesome tips. And I think like you said, they're subtle, but when you kind of shift those mindsets, then it's going to help to kind of really create that engaging community. So um, what do you think then on the flip side are like the top must haves and the things that people need to be doing within the community to create this culture of people that are wanting to be surrounded by you and potentially hire you? What are some of those top must haves?
1: Yeah, so a, a top must-have is getting the right people in in the first place. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, under and understanding who those right people are and having a way to screen people. Like, we screen our members, right? We're not just kind of letting anybody in off the street, so to speak. Yeah. We are very clear about who the community is for, and if we want a certain type of person to join, we say it. And I think that a lot of people aren't really being very explicit or clear about who they want to get into their community in the first place, which is going to make it difficult to like build the relationship and have the engagement and monetize if Curate you don't content, have All of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's number one. Number two would be um, pre-selling through their content. And what I mean by that is A lot of different types of content can actually do some of the sales work for you, if you will, Uh um, simply by not just educating people on, you know, like how you can help them or on their problem, but also helping shift people's perspectives about their problem and about what it takes to get there. And sometimes that's easier said than done, but really looking at how you can use your content again, to make that impact, to have that thought shift. So that when people do book a sales call with you, as an example, they're already coming Um, pre-sold. I think your community allows you to do that in a way that not many other places do. And I see so many women kind of not taking advantage of that. So I think that's a must have as well. The third must have, just since I'm doing threes here, the the (laughs) third must have would be to talk about your offer, right? Like to not be afraid to tell someone how you can help them if they're struggling with a problem that you can solve, right? And so I think what that what that means is really being in contact with your people regularly, like having a system for tracking people in your community who you think might potentially be a good fit and not just like beating down their door every day saying, are you ready to work with me? But having your finger on the pulse of their business, I think allows you to do that in a really cool way. So having a system for, it might sound weird to say this, but having a system for building relationships, which I think a lot of people resist because maybe we feel like it shouldn't like there shouldn't be a system. It should just come naturally.
0: Yeah, I think that's huge. And obviously we're all about systems here, right? So (laughs) um, it is, it's it's having that, whatever that tool is, it doesn't matter. You have to have some sort of like cadence of how often you're following up and checking in and people that are hot versus cold um, and really just having, like you said, a system in place to be able to manage that. And I, I am seeing more and more the relationship building side. Like you can have automated emails, you can have automated things happening. But it is the the DMs and instant messages and connecting one-on-one. And if you don't have a system for that, it's hard to scale. So you need to have some sort of thing that makes it easy for you to keep track of people for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So then talking through kind of like content, because I think that's probably the other thing that a lot of people struggle with when it comes to creating a community, managing a community, all of those things. What are kind of those best types of content to add in? How do you get that engagement? How do you continue to foster those relationships without it taking up all day, every day?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the types of content that I think work best are really there there's a couple. Number one, content that engages. And when you ask about engagement, I'll I'll kind of go into that here. Um content that engages is simply content that takes an interest in other people. Right? Like if we it's so fascinating to me just how how we all are as humans. Like we you know, we we stress about engagement, right? And we question like how do I boost engagement? Well, what makes someone engage yeah. when you talk about, give them an opportunity to talk about themselves, right? When you show an interest in them, in their business. And so content that engages can be content that, um, like one, for example, I'll just give an example from our group. One of the like highest engagement, you know, pieces of content, like the piece of content that just has always generated the most engagement for us is a question, really, well, kind of a question, but more so a prompt of, Hey, share where you're located using only emojis, right? People like eat that up like crazy. (laughs) And it's kind of cool because number one, you get to sort of see where people are from, but you also, they're connecting. If they see somebody who's from the same area, it gives you a chance to learn a little bit more about them and to start a conversation. And so I think a lot of people overthink engagement when in reality, it's just giving people an opportunity to talk about themselves and showing interest in them, right? Like I think if we can keep that top of mind, it might open up some more doors for us. So I think, I think, you know, content that engages in to some degree and gives people that opportunity to talk about themselves is huge. Educational content. We definitely have.
0: (laughs) No, you're good. We definitely have one. It's like wins of the week or just like wins. People Mm -hmm. love sharing Mm -hmm. those. And then everyone's like cheering on and like the whole thing. So like you said, it's, you're taking an interest in other people, but you're still getting those people to connect and do all the things. Um, and we use a lot of memes in our group too. (laughs) People, people love memes and gifts and all the things. So, um, those are always fun. Uh, but yeah, I I definitely, because you have to think about what you're doing too, like what you're commenting on and liking and things like that. And I always do that every time.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, content for sure that does that. And then, you know, educational content, content that talks about, you know, their not even just their challenge, but just the, you know, what's happening in there in the industry, right? Like yeah. content that maybe gives them, you know, a next step or some clarity in in terms of the direction that they need to move in or why they're having that problem in the first place. Um, I think that educational content is still key. But what I'm when I say educational, I'm not talking about a list of how-tos. I'm not talking about a checklist that people can just take and, and run with because I think that number one overwhelms people, but number two, it doesn't really hit on the heart of the, of why they're, they're struggling with their challenge. So I think some sort of educational, like thought shifting content can be really powerful there. And it also positions you as the expert, which I love. Another type of content would be more of that like emotional based content. Right. And when I say emotional, I mean, number one, sharing people, sharing with people, the vision of the future, like helping them dream about what's possible for their business or for their life. I think a lot of people probably don't dive into that as much as they should. And I'll even include myself in that statement. (laughs) Um, But, you know, really focusing on that emotional content, content that tugs at their heartstrings, content that shows them what's possible. I think that stuff is really, really important too. So thinking about kind of how you can, you can incorporate that. And then just to kind of stick with the, because all of these words are start with an E, right? Um, there you go. <laughs> expert, like content that positions you as the expert. And I think that's where like client case studies and testimonials and things like that, right? That, that are, are stories from the people that you've actually served. Those also do a really nice job of positioning you as the expert and shifting content and telling people what's possible because you can achieve all of that through just one client story. So I like to think about content in terms of categories. Um, content that showcases your, your talent, right? Like thinking about where you, where you are strongest, but also content that really speaks to your people where they're at. And I think it's important for your content to do two things. Bottom line, number one, like you have a clear call to action so that the people who are ready to take advantage of your services know that they can like do that now, right? Like content yep. that speaks to the people who are ready to buy now. And then content that speaks to people who maybe aren't ready yet, but need a little bit of nurturing. Um, I think if your content can do both of those things, you know, it doesn't have to be in the same post, right? right. <laughs> or the same live. But if your content can do both of those things, you are basically never at a loss for clients. You yeah. always like your community has unlimited potential for you, unlimited earning potential.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that yeah. speaking to both of those types of clients, mm-hmm. I mean, even the people that are ready for you and hire, you still need to mm-hmm. see that stuff constantly and they mm-hmm. need to be reminded and, oh yeah, that's what I had dreamed up and this is why I'm yeah. not there yet and things like that. So I definitely think, yep. um, cause I kind of have two ideal clients as well. Like I've got some DIY group coaching with hustle to flow and then we do one-on-one VIP days. Um, so it is definitely important to have kind of both of those arenas in there for sure. Are you ready to scale your business? Are you ready for focus, clarity, and systems to save you time and give you the freedom you crave? Are you ready to work on your business and not in your business? Imagine this, waking up with your day already planned, checking things off your task list that are moving the needle forward, and closing the laptop by 5 p.m., all while hitting your income goals. It's all possible. I scaled my business to six figures in less than 14 months with the right strategy, systems, and support. Hustle to Flow is my exact road to scalability framework that will get you all of that and more. Try it out today for $7 for seven days to see if it's a good fit for you because we are on a mission to support entrepreneurs who are on a mission to change the world. So besides like the actual engaging posts and the ones that like people must kind of like jump into and are getting excited about, what are maybe some other ways to get engagement and then even potentially like create kind of community ambassadors to help grow the community and get them talking about you and get everybody excited about joining?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So number one, if you want to create engagement, you've got to ask for it. So put aside your pride and ask for it, especially if you're in the early stages of growing your community. I always say the early stages of growing your community are like a middle school dance where yeah. you've got oh like gosh, the, the boys on one side, <laughs> right? How awkward the boys on one side, the girls on the other, like somebody's got to make the first move. And it's usually the girls, right? It was usually right? the girls. So, so somebody's gonna make the first move and you are a leader, whether you see yourself that way or not. If you have a community, you are a leader and it's your responsibility to make that first move. If you want engagement, you've got to, that's like one of the questions that I always ask my clients that probably annoys them a little bit sometimes, yeah. but is is <laughs> (laughs) is, you know, definitely something I need to ask, which is, hey, if you want more engagement, did you ask for it? Yep. No, I think think we're really bad at that. Just do that in general as women, we are are, right. And and even as business as business owners too, like we just expect that if somebody's interested, they're going to come to us. And that's not necessarily the case. Yep. It's definitely not necessarily the case. So, and it's, it's um, interesting. I, really I just did
0: another podcast episode we just recorded for, um, we talked about the human design and how some of your different human design kind of areas can impact all of that because I'm a projector. Mm-hmm. So like, I just wait for the invite, which is really hard when you're growing community, right? Like you have to invite the people. <laughs> so um, I just find that it's interesting. Yep across yep. business in general, that we do that. Like, just ask, we have to just
1: ask. <laughs> I would agree with you a thousand percent. And then your other question around like, you know, just ambassadors and how to get the, that, that, you know, how to cultivate yeah, those cheerleaders, fans, right? Those people yeah, that are those talking about
0: you constantly. <laughs> yep.
1: Well, how do you do that? You do that by showing up and delivering a great experience for them. Yep. So I think again, sometimes we get so focused on numbers and adding more people to our community that we forget about the people who've already chosen to be in there. Whether you have you know ten people, fifty people, hundred people, or more, it's kind of irrelevant because you've yeah. got people in there. And if you can deliver an amazing experience right from the get go, they're not going to be able to help themselves. Absolutely, like they're going to—they're just going to talk about you, right? And I think that really stems from you know, building your community in a way that feels good for you. Like the reason my Facebook group has been so successful truly isn't because I had like the secret sauce or I had some sort of like secret formula that no one knows about. It's because ultimately at the end of the day, I love being there. I love having the group. I love building relationships. And I think people see that passion and excitement and they want, they're, they're naturally attracted to that. Like people are naturally attracted to passion, excitement, confidence. That's why it's so important, regardless of where you build your community to build it in a way that feels really, really good for you, because then you will attract those, those ambassadors. And then at that point, you can build a deeper relationship with them and even consider like, a long-term collaboration or something like that.
0: Yeah. And referral programs and affiliate programs and And affiliate programs. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're basically creating and becoming your marketing team at that point because they know, like, and trust you, they love you, they love what you do and they just want to like spread the word. And when you have that, those are amazing. Like you've got those people that are doing that for you because it makes, it gives, it frees up your time to go engage in the community more and just continue creating that, which I love.
1: Exactly. Me too. Exactly. So
0: um, I have one on here of just about how to sell within your community. I think we've already touched on it a couple of different times, but really just promoting your offers. Are there any other kind of ways that you would suggest people selling within the community? I mean, I think if you've done everything that we've talked about, it kind of just happens naturally. But any tips you have around that?
1: Yeah. So you'll start to see... So, okay. So you will start to see some people rise to the top, meaning you'll start to see... Names come up over and over again. And that yeah. Should <laughs> tell you, yeah. Those are people we track in our, our lead tracker. And so those are the people that we're a little more intentional about reaching out to, checking in with. How are you? How are things going? Right. Tagging in, in videos or resources that we think would be helpful to them behind the scenes, though, there are always people watching who don't make themselves known until they're ready to work with you. Yeah. And so just be aware of that. But I do think tracking your leads is a good way to kind of help you keep your finger on the pulse of who's interested in working with you. So I think that helps with the sales process for sure to make sure that you are, especially as your community grows, um, prioritizing the relationships that you're building. Like right now, my group is over 5,500 people. It's It's I can't just build personal relationships with 5,500 people. Right. So I have to have some sort of a system for tracking, which is something that, um, we use and, and I teach my clients to do. I think, I think the other piece of this is really just, um, in terms of your perspective and how you view selling in your community if you view, you know, selling as like this thing that I do over here separately from all of the other stuff we've talked about, it's always going to feel a little awkward and weird and probably not as authentic. So I want to challenge everybody listening. Like let's, let's reshape how you view sales because sales is part of everything you're doing. Like when you are educating, when you are building that emotional connection, when you are positioning yourself as an expert, like even if you're not directly saying, Hey, come work with me, you are still selling in some form because part of sell, like part of service and part of serving your people is telling them how they can take advantage of working with you. And 100%. so I think if we can like fold it into everything we do instead of treat it as this separate, yep. <laughs> like almost scary thing that we're afraid of, I think that that's really going to help.
0: Yeah. And it's the craziest thing. So we actually have a student inside of hustle to flow that she'd been doing her craft. She's dietitian and does plant-based foods and things. And she'd been doing it for so, so long and had never monetized it because sales was like this big scary thing. And she's like, I just want to keep giving away free resources and like all the things, but she's like, I can't keep doing it anymore. Like if I don't make money, of some sort, like I can't keep doing this. And I was like, you have to create some sort of membership or community, right. That you can monetize. And she already had this huge group of people that had been following her, who we found out once we pitched has, they've been waiting to give her money. They're like, you've never given us an opportunity to give you money. She had 53 people sign up for her beta membership on That's a monthly amazing. reoccurring payment, like That's 53
1: amazing. people that are like, I've right, been waiting right. to pay you. <laughs> what a great story. What a great story. And we're, we're the ones that stand in our own way, right? Oh, we're the ones that bring the belief, yeah. We're the ones that bring the beliefs and thoughts of, Oh, people don't want to pay me. Imagine yep. if you believed every single person in your community wanted to pay you. Oh my gosh. It's, they yeah. wanted to work with you. I bet she would have monetized it much sooner.
0: Yep. Or that we, instead of, you know, tweaking the website and making updates to our right. brand, went out and asked people to come in and join us in the thing that we're creating. We are all in our own way, myself included. like that, she had been waiting for so long and she's like, I'm about to quit. I'm like, no, keep going, create this thing. She created it, launched it and 53 people signed up 53. And that's just from the get go. And now she's completely re-energized to continue and to grow and scale that. And it is like, she's so excited about it. But if you don't that. ask people can't give you money and they've literally just been waiting. So
1: Yep, if you don't ask, the answer is yeah. already know. You've <laughs> exactly. already created your own reality,
0: right? <laughs> exactly. So, do you have maybe we're kind of wrapping up here? Is there anything else you think would be super helpful to share regarding community and creating community, or just any like general business or productivity hacks that you have?
1: Oh gosh, um, well, there's there's so many. So I'm like, which I, one do I, choose? I know, very I think, loaded question, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think when it comes to um, like productivity hacks. You know, I, for me, like having to just be really strict about the things that I say yes to and the things that I say no to hundred percent, you know, like I have a very clear, probably clearer than I've ever had vision of my business and like where I want to go. And so for me, it's like, well, if that doesn't fit and I I'm even mm-hmm. hesitating about it, then I'm not going to do it.
0: Yes, so I, I would that. say
1: like, it's probably not a productivity hack that maybe people think about or talk about, but yeah, it's something sure. that like has really helped me stay focused and prioritized. And so my Facebook group does fit my long-term vision. It, it, it continues to fit my long-term vision. If it ever doesn't, then obviously yeah. I would change things, but it, it does. And so for me, like that continues to be our main priority. It continues to be the thing that maybe I'm not directly doing as much with day to day, but my team is right. Yeah. It's ex- it's, it extends to my team now. And so I think that's allowed us to be successful because we stay really focused. And we're not out there trying to kind of chase all the things because we feel like we're missing something if we don't. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm perfectly okay missing. Yeah, I'm. I'm perfectly okay missing out on certain things right now. Like, I'm okay missing out on whatever's happening on Clubhouse. I don't even. know. Oh
0: my gosh, you and me both. I'm good. I don't care because I'm like I don't. I don't have time to add that. It does not fit. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) I think you touched
0: on two huge things right there. Is that you have to have to have to have that long term vision because if you don't, you're just like throwing spaghetti at the wall. And you will do all the things and you will get burnt out. Mm -hmm. So once you have that focus, it's like laser focus. People ask how I make decisions so quickly. I'm like, it doesn't fit.
1: (laughs) That's it. It It doesn't doesn't fit. fit." It doesn't fit. Yeah. And you got to trust yourself to make those decisions, right? right? It's got to be like a a hell yes or it's a no. So (laughs) yeah. Yep. Yep. Agreed. I love it. I love it.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, where can people find you? Where's your free Facebook group? Tell us all the things, how people can connect.
1: Yeah. So come join me inside of the market, like a boss Facebook group. That's where I spend most of my time. That's where we create, you know, original content where we talk about all the juicy topics. I am definitely not one to shy away from like controversial business topics and, you know, talking about like going bigger beyond just revenue, but thinking about the impact that you can have and really challenging you to, you know, grow a business that gives you more freedom. And so that's something that we're really committed to doing in there. Um, There's over 5,500 women in there. The group is continuing to grow. So if you are looking for sort of that like next level group with other driven, ambitious women like you, yes. that is the place to be. And we would love to have you. I love it. We can definitely
0: drop all the links and all of that good stuff. Um, where can they find you on social Facebook?
1: obviously. Um, <laughs> yep. Facebook, um, Instagram market, like a boss and I am starting to get more into Instagram and like, my team's been helping me figure out stories and all of that.
0: I went all in on Instagram because I just feel like it's easier yeah. to use and faster. So I'm like all in over there.
1: <laughs> well, you, maybe you can teach me a few yeah. things, but, um, I think too, like, like that's another thing, right. Is that we didn't start going all in on Instagram until we had our Facebook group. Like, Oh
0: yeah. Putting, You've like, got to go get well, one well, down well, before you go. So that's do a possible. good
1: example. Right. Right. That's a good example of like the productivity piece, right? Making sure that you are truly owning something before expanding, but we are starting to do more of Instagram. So we'd love to have you check it out there.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on super pumped to put this out and have everybody just really take this all in because I think so many of us are creating communities as business owners and course creators, and we really want to make sure we're doing it right instead of just doing it to do it. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we are here. If you have any questions for us, our email is hello at processforprofit.co. If you know anybody that would be a great guest, or if you guys have questions that you want us to cover on the shows, please reach out and we will see you next time.